friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you are all having an absolutely fantastic day today. I hope you guys had a blessed, safe weekend. You guys enjoyed the Hagman Show with Dad on it last week. I know he had a lot of stuff he covered on there, and he was on there. He hasn't been on there for a while, and I got a lot of positive feedback already from that show. So again, thank you for the support of Health Masters and getting the truth out there as much as possible. I had the uh, privilege, I got to train over the weekend with one of my buddies who's retired ranger, and me and a few of my friends went out there that live all around me. We always try to train some together so we all know we're on the same page. And we were out there training all day, and we were talking about certain things that had been going on and a lot of stuff that's been happening. Like you see now, the House is now trying to push an assault weapons ban, which, of course, they're not going to stop with this. I told you that. Now that the a bunch of those Republicans in the Senate caved in for those that insane gun bill that was just a mere couple weeks ago. Now they're going to start rolling this stuff out rapidly because they realize that there's obviously numerous senators who, in my opinion, heavily compromised that are going to keep pushing these bills and pushing for this insane infringement on our Second Amendment right. But over the weekend, we also saw the incident that happened over at the Indiana Mall where – Basically, somebody came in the mall, essentially an active shooter, and he ended up shooting two people and uh, was basically shooting at multiple other individuals. And what they called a good Samaritan with a handgun was at the mall and drew his weapon and dropped him dead, killed him. Now, my condolences to the family of the individuals who basically were shot first, and that's rough going to the mall and getting shot at. The interesting thing about this is, though, they're reporting that even on Fox News, they said um, the police showed up. When everything was finished, by the time law enforcement was able to dispatch and actually get to the mall, the Good Samaritan with a firearm was already there, ready to basically tell them what happened with numerous other eyewitness accounts, and the shooter was dead on the ground. Apparently, he came in with a rifle and multiple mags, and in my opinion, this is my opinion, I think this was being set up for something else. I think this was supposed to be a massive, monstrous mall shooting at the uh, Greenwood Park Mall, is my opinion. And um, I think it went sideways. I think they were trying to push this right before this assault weapons bill came out. And I could be completely off the wall. It could have just been a random psychopath that went nuts. But it seemed, again, very odd that they already had the narrative spooled up with this crazy guy with an AR and mags going into a mall to do this mass shooting. And he basically got dropped on the spot before law enforcement could even get into the mall. He was already dead. This is why I reiterate and repeat on a regular basis, you have to have active training on a regular basis. Know your proficiencies. Know things that you need to work on. Know things that you're good at. Understand how to use cover and concealment. Always make sure you are reloading behind cover if you have multiple mags on you and train that way. This guy that was there with a firearm ready to defend his family or his friends or every other mall goer, he was Johnny on the spot basically. And he came through. And this is what Americans have to keep remembering. If it is to be, it's up to us. The only people that are there in a situation in most cases are your friends around you, the people you know. And people have to be proficient and know how to defend themselves and their family. Law enforcement is great for coming up to a scene or if there's a suspect that's barricaded and they have SWAT and they have a lot of extensive tools and weaponry to handle that situation. But in most cases, the situation can be stopped before it ever escalates any further because that's the problem. There's very few cops basically per populace. I was talking to my good friend who's basically a um, sheriff officer for Polk County yesterday on the phone, 
And he was telling me that they've had numerous, numerous sheriffs now that have basically either retired early or they're quitting and going to other counties that are paying them more money. Because essentially Polk County, which I have found out now from numerous sources, is basically wallowing in just huge amounts of cash now from the enormous amount of impact fees and property taxes that are going up. And they refuse to pay anything else to additional funds to fire department, sheriff's department, anything. There's fire departments also, too, having a massive hemorrhage in Polk County, and they're moving to other counties that are bumping pay up, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year salary because they need help. And Polk County now, when we're having enormous growth here and literally tens of thousands of people moving here on a regular basis with houses going up everywhere, at the same time, there's zero increase in actual EMT first responders and law enforcement. That's a problem. And it almost makes me being – it makes me led to believe that they're doing this purposely to try to go do something on the back end to make Polk County – not what it once was, because as you see people moving here from other places, a lot of them from coming from out of state, from Puerto Rico, from other states, they're moving to Polk County because the property pricing, well, it was cheap here. And we're starting to see a massive crime wave that's starting to occur across the county, my sheriff officer said. He said it's starting to pop up a lot. And he said majority of it's out-of-county individuals that aren't from here. So, again, what does that tell me? It tells me I need to train harder tells me I need to train more often. It tells me I need to be ready for anything, and the people that I'm around and I hang around also need to be on the same page. I had a conversation we all did with my buddy Jeff, who's a retired ranger. He said, the people that you're around on at least a semi-regular basis, he said, you need to make sure that they're weapons proficient and they know what they're doing. And they're not going to be somebody that's going to start screaming and crying and run and jump in front of you and say, no, don't, don't shoot them. They're just – they're having a bad day. That's why they came to the mall to shoot everybody. He said, because, you know, a lot of people, you, they get around guns, they freak out. They don't know what to do. You know, Dad and I have had numerous instances before where we've been around people, and all of a sudden they go, oh, my gosh, you got a gun? Ah! Like shake and run, run away. Oh, my gosh, can't believe this is happening. This is something you got to know about before a situation escalates. So that's one something I wanted to bring up there very, very quickly this morning. And also, too, to remind everybody, if you need anything on the website with sales, products, stock up, the Ultimate Multiple Powder on sale right now for July, July super sale right now for 20% off on the website. Be sure to check it out. Along with also the product of the week, the COQ10 Ubiquinol, also on sales product of the week. So be sure to check that out as well. Also, too, another story that I wanted to bring up quickly here, and I wanted to clarify this because I intentionally keep bringing this topic up because I'm trying to encourage people not to go along with the lie that we're all being fed. Now, my condolences to this family that's dealing with this vehicle because I've been in situations where I've bought vehicles that have had problems. Pretty much everybody has. It's not a funny situation. So I'm not bringing this story up to make fun of them. Quite frankly, I feel bad for them because they bought into the lie. And it happened down here, right down here in Florida. That's why I'm bringing it up. And Fox Business actually reported on this, and it said there's a major problem with buying used electric vehicles that nobody's essentially wanted to address. A Florida family bought their 17-year-old daughter, Avery, a $11,000 used Ford Focus EV car, 2014, with 60,000 miles. This car wasn't extremely old. It was a 2014 with 60,000 miles. By no means was it an old car. And she got it. And she said she was all excited with it, and she thought it was super cute, and it was quiet, and she didn't you know, have to pay for fuel. She basically had to charge up, you know, pay 20 25 bucks for an electric charge-up. And then all of a sudden, about six months into it, she started having all these problems. All these dash lights started coming up, and they took it to the Ford dealership, and basically they 
looked at it and they said, yeah, the reason why it's not holding a charge anymore and you have all these problems is the battery shot. So we can order you a new battery for your $11,000 Ford Focus, but the battery is on national back order right now. We don't know when we can get it. And when we can get it, the OEM price is going to be $14,000 for this battery. They said, wait, what? So the car's inherently useless now. It's not really operational for anything but like driving around the town because it's going to keep losing a charge. And you're telling us you can't get a battery because it's on back order. And when you can get a battery, it's going to literally cost us more than the entire car was purchased for six months ago. And yeah, that's that's exactly what we're telling you right now. And they've looked at other avenues, and they're kind of in a rock and a hard place right now dealing with that. And the thing about this is this is a serious issue that's going to keep occurring. This lie that we keep being told that everybody needs to go to EV cars is a complete and total lie out of hell, in my opinion. The whole point they want to do this is they want to reduce the ability for people to be able to travel far I already told you, the F-150, and they want to prevent the ability for people to actually travel on their way anywhere. They want people to use mass transit. There's another article that came out on Fox Business, and it said, electric car revolution. You bought one, but can you get it serviced? And it goes into detail now how GM is actually having a very difficult time servicing their electric cars because they can't get enough guys that are qualified to work on these things. They also go on to say that you know Tesla, which basically has a lot of remote service and stuff they can come out and work on your car, a lot of times people are having an issue getting a hold of that now as the cars expand with you know 1% of the market share in the EV world. Now, it's interesting about this now, and this is brought up on Fox Business. I thought this was very interesting. It said Detroit News reported that General Motors is requiring dealers to invest a minimum of $200,000 to order the scan tools and proper equipment before they're allowed to start selling the Cadillac's EV lineup. Of the 880 dealerships in the country, over 200 of the small dealerships have chosen now to take a buyout and sell their dealership from GM rather than make the investment because they cannot afford to put the infrastructure in place to support these vehicles. This is going to start happening more and more. And again, my opinion on this is, they want to dry up the dealerships. They want to make sure there's only a specific amount of dealerships available for you to go to. That way they can control the market as much as they want on it. They can price it out as much as they want. They can service it whenever they want. And if your car comes in and has problems and, oh, well, it's going to have to sit here for six months now because it needs a new battery, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. The reason why this is happening is they want to prevent people from being able to travel freely on their way. And again, I reiterate that, but I encourage people, make sure you're weighing out all your options before you start going down this very slippery slope that does not have any type of long-term, how should I say, spreadsheet has does not have any type of long-term reflection and reality on how these vehicles are going to operate in the we- real world going over the next decade and next 10 to 20 years. This is what I've told numerous people. They're trying to tell everybody you have to go into this market because it's cheap. It's not cheap. They're telling everybody you have to do it because it's safer and it's easier. It's not safer and it's not easier. It's none of the above. And what nobody's wanting to address is there's no long-term spread on this at all. These cars have only been out for like 10 years max. Most of the ones that came out back then are all broken down, hence the 2014 Ford Focus. 
This is a market that has not yet even come anywhere near where it needs to be to try to be forced on the populace, yet you have California now passing bills stating by 2035 nobody will be able to sell or buy a brand-new ICE vehicle or internal combustion engine vehicle. So it's, again, something that we have to keep pushing back on, being vocal on, and reminding people to talk about it and get this information out there because the more people talk about it, the more the truth expands and people start questioning it before they go into something that really there's no business at all for us to support other than maybe it being a, a fancy go-kart to drive around town. That's that's about the extent of it, in my opinion. What do you think, Dan? Uh, you know, about a year and a half ago, I went to a car auction. And I was there with a bunch of used car dealers, and uh, I knew saw, I knew some of them, and we were talking, and and there was a there was a Toyota Prius going through, and it was like a 2012 2014. It was worth about fifteen hundred dollars, and they told me uh, one of the guys came over to me and says, "If you're going to bid on this car, make sure it doesn't have any lights on the dash, as far as lit up." And he says, "If the lights are on the dash lit up, it's going to be three to five thousand dollars to get it repaired every time." It'll cost you more for the repair than the car costs. I said, what? He goes, yeah. He said, the cars are great. He said, they run the Prius. It's because they're a dual fuel. They are electric and gas. He goes, but if, if they've got a light lit up to get it diagnosed and sent to the dealer, it's going to cost you three to $5,000. He goes, don't touch it. Well, I, we bid on it because I was going to buy it for my, my youngest daughter. And uh, finally, it went over $5,000. I said, this is stupid. It's worth fifteen hundred because the used car prices last year had gone through the roof. It finally ended up selling for like seven thousand dollars with dealer fees and auction fees. And I thought this is insanity. It's stupid to buy an old Prius that's ten years old that may may need a new set of batteries because that's the biggest problem. Like Austin said, when these cars have the batteries go out, they're pretty much you know non functional. And now with a Prius, even when the battery does go out, it will run on its internal combustion engine, but without the internal combustion engine. Like I said, hey, Austin said this last week, and I agree with him. The dual fuel, when you have the internal combustion engine combined with the electric motor, when they were together, that was pretty good technology. It was pretty cool. You could run on electric until the charge went down, and then when the charge went down, the, the gasoline engine would kick in, and you could replug it when you got home, or it would recharge itself from the electric engine or the gasoline engine. That's pretty good technology. It really is. And some of these things are getting 40, 50, 60 miles per gallon. But then you got to stop for a second. got to go, wait a minute. Diesel engines in Europe, the three-cylinder, four-cylinder diesel engines, were getting 80 to 100 miles per gallon without electric. And all you have to do is stop and fill them up with diesel. I've got a friend of mine right now. He's got a Tesla. He bought it for his son. And uh, he has another SUV. And they're basically taking two vehicles. He has four children. And because of all the luggage that he has, they're taking the EV vehicle and the, I believe it's a Tahoe, all the way up to uh, Maine, up to Boston, and do, uh, they're going to do, do the northeast United States to the cool the weather here in uh, July and August. And uh, I called him up last night, and I was talking to him. He said that, oh, yeah, with the Tesla, we've got to stop battery 200 miles, and we can find a charging station and plug it up. <laughs> I said to him, I said, dude, you got multiple Tahoes with your business. Why don't you just take another Tahoe? I said, why are you dealing with all that? Oh, no, it'll be fine. And I want to talk to him when we get home. I want to really, when he gets back in a few weeks from being on the trip, I want to see just how big of a headache it was. Wait till he goes to a charging station and the charging stations don't work or they're all filled and there's a line of 15 people trying to use one and he'll find out very, very quickly that he made a mistake. Just thought I'd mention that. And chances are I know this guy. He'll get the car home, probably pay somebody to get it home and it'll be sold immediately. And it's just these cars, the technology's not there. I mean, if they were getting three, four, five, six hundred, you know, hundred, a thousand miles per fuel charge for, for electric charge, okay, that's pretty, pretty cool deal. 
or even if they were using some type of photo photoelectric system that was charging them when they're driving down the highway, you know, they could do that with false solar cells. Uh, and if they could also do it with Tesla and the energy created by the Earth's magnetic field, if they could do all Tesla gave them that technology 100 years ago, they just chose not to use it. It could continually recharge this battery even at nighttime while it was sitting around. And so that would that would be pretty cool. But they're not going to give us that type of technology. They're simply not going to do it. Uh, I want to read you this. This is from the Patriot Post, and this is uh, Dr. Harvey Reich, R-I-S-C-H. He's a Yale University professor of epidemiology, and he he is now saying, in fact, we now know that the people who have been getting multiple boosters have higher risks of getting the virus and spreading the virus than unvaccinated people. The mortality is now almost entirely in highly vaccinated people. I'm going to repeat that last sentence. The death rate now is almost entirely in highly vaccinated people. And the article goes on to say, uh, this just in, the always reliable Dr. Anthony Fauci, <laughs> who in it, who is inexplicably still the White House chief medical advisor, has conceded those with COVID-19 vaccines and the ones he and Joe Biden have been getting, basically against the American people, are what they're cracked up to be. Here's how Dr. Fauci put it. One of the things that's clear from the data, that even though vaccines, because of the high degree of transmissibility of this virus, transmits easily, they don't protect us very well. As it were, against infection, they protect us quite well against severe disease, leading to hospitalization and death. Oh, I beg to differ with you, Fauci. As it were, against infection. Now he tells us that Fox News' Lori Ingram and her guest Friday night, last Friday night, Fox News is doing this. Yale professor of epidemiology, Harvey Rice, could hardly contain themselves. Here's a key passage. Ingram. Okay. Fauci says he was boosted two times or three times. We've lost track. He got COVID. He took the Plaxloid antiviral that he got rebound of COVID during the Paxloid. But his message is everybody go out there and get boosted when the booster doesn't even apply to a new variant. Am I missing something here? Rice says, no, I think that Dr. Fauci is missing something. When something doesn't work, doing more of it doesn't make it work better. It makes it worse. And that's why they are recommending, in fact, that we know that they are now polyvaccinated people who have multiple boosters, have higher risks of getting the virus and spreading the virus than unvaccinated people. The British data clearly shows that the other data around the world are showing that the mortality is almost entirely as high in vaccinated people. <laughs> no, excuse me, I'm going to repeat that. The mortality is now almost entirely in highly vaccinated people. And so we don't want to be doing this anymore. We want to start living life knowing that we have an endemic infection and not a pandemic infection. And that's a huge difference. We're never going to get zero COVID. We don't expect Dr. Fauci who thinks we and maybe the Chinese do, but we don't, and we know the reality is that we're not going to, and we have to manage it. Wow. So all of the things that you and I have been talking about with Austin for the last two, three years now, going on COVID year three, we're right, especially with the vaccines. They make it worse. The mortality is now almost entirely in highly vaccinated people. And the sad part about this is it doesn't make any difference. The people that are the liberals who have done this, even the conservatives who have done this, who basically you're still all in with the vaccine, are going to say, this is another lie from Fox News. And they're going to go, none of this is true. And we're going to go, but it's all true. And they're going to say, no, none of it's true. And they'll say, no, it's all true. And they'll say, no, none of it's true. And so the saga continues. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. You need more and more and more vaccine boosters. And now here we have Yale. One of the most prestigious organizations and schools in the world as far as higher education, except for those who are members of Skull and Bones, they're now saying that the vaccines don't work at all, and it makes it worse. So it's kind of crazy when you stop and you look at this, you think, what the heck could have happened? Why in the world have we 
believed all of this. Now I want to go back to this, this Indiana shopping mall shooting. This is very strange. And I think something else was supposed to happen. This guy walks in with a gun. Now here's the problem I have with all of this stuff. Walks in with an assault weapon, but they don't identify him. They don't give us a description. They don't tell if he's white, if he's black, if he's Hispanic, if he's Chinese. They don't tell us he's a neo-Nazi skinhead. They don't tell us anything. They just say basically, Indiana Mall shooter shot dead by armed Good Samaritan police say. Yep. We don't get the information on the Good Samaritan. We don't get information on how many rounds it took to drop the guy down. We don't get anything. It's completely and totally hushed up. Multiple law enforcement agencies responded to the scene, but the scene was already done and over with because the Good Samaritan did this. Now, I'm going to repeat something I said to you guys a month ago. I was at the Millennial Mall a month ago when they had this shooting and they killed the suspect. When everybody was told to run into Victoria's Secret, my wife was in there buying some lingerie. And basically, uh, we were told to run to the back of the store, which I refused to do. And I stood by the front door to see what was going to happen. And I took cover. And I was waiting there because I've been trained to do all this stuff. You know, and I'm going to say this that Austin talked about also. Uh, the next time Austin goes training, I've done a bunch of training with Austin. I'll go with him again. You've got to know how to handle your weapon. You have to be proficient. Years ago, you know, I trained, I've been training with guns for 30 years, 40 years. Years ago, when I got attacked by that Doberman in the backyard, he was 40 feet away, running towards me full speed. I shot him twice, hit him twice. Now, I'm not saying that I could do that again. My vision was a lot better, you know, 30 years ago. But the reality is, is that, you know, that was because of training. I wasn't shaking. I wasn't crying. I wasn't screaming. I wasn't doing anything, but I, I had to get a job done, and I got it done. So this is something that you need to understand. Please, my friends, my patriot friends, listen to me. You've got to become proficient with weapons if you're going to carry them. You are not an asset to your team if you don't know how to sh- do what you need to do and you're going to shoot somebody. Uh, last night, I was uh, watching a thing on Pearl Harbor. I actually watched the entire – it was a really good thing on the, on, the sh- on, the, on the Netflix, no less, which I get for free. I would not pay for it. And it was talking about Pearl Harbor in detail, minute by minute. If you get a chance to watch that, watch that. And something that I never thought about, when they were shooting all of these planes that were coming with the Japanese, they were also strafing Hawaii and strafing Oahu. I didn't realize this was going on. I thought they were shooting Trump primarily out to sea. And they killed several dozen people. I think almost 50 people died from friendly fire because of the anti-aircraft that was going up, anti-aircraft the Browns were being shot off. I mean, women, children, men. One guy's car was completely covered in bullet holes, and everybody in the car was dead. You've got to be careful with friendly fire. What you don't want to have is a team put together, and somebody shoots you in the back of the head. That happens all the time in the military. And these guys train, and they still do it. Because when they get scared, they start shaking, and they stop thinking. And they just start squeezing off rounds. And they were saying that these guys in the second after the first round of Japanese bombers came in, that no matter what they saw, they were just unloading guns. They heard anything that unloaded guns because they were so terrified because they thought the Japanese were going to come in for a ground invasion into Oahu and take over the Pearl Harbor Naval Base, which they probably could have done if they had come in with enough troops at that exact time. But, guys, it's important. It's imperative that you train. The biggest pet peeve I have is muzzle-sweeping people. I have so many friends that I'm going to go buy a gun. And then you see them, and they want to hand you the gun, and they point it at you, and they hand it to you. Now, I don't know if it's empty. I don't know if it's got a round in it. I don't know. And I said, I just jump and scream. I said, stop. God, put the gun down. Don't muzzle sweep me. I always do that. 
because you've got to be careful with weapons. I don't care if you just checked it and you know it's unloaded. I don't care if the stinking slide is pulled back and you've got a doggone red tab through the doggone cylinder and it can't fire. You don't point it at anybody. You never point a weapon. I don't care if it's unloaded or not. You don't do it. That's how people get shot. If you train yourself to think like that, you're going to be a whole lot better off as far as being part of the team and not being part of the problem. Really, really important you guys understand that. Now, I want to, Paul Craig Roberts wrote something. I'm going to change topics now. And he wrote something about, you know, Russia. And he goes, if we get into war with Russia, what will we be fighting for? And I thought, hmm, it's a good article. Let me see what he said. He goes, it won't be for freedom of thought or speech of association or freedom of doctors to treat patients according to their best judgment. It won't be for due process or habeas corpus or parental rights or privacy or protection against arbitrary search and seizure and arrest. All of these protections have already been stamped out in America and throughout the West, and Americans will be much freer in the U.S. were conquered by Russia. This is Paul Roberts saying that. Will we be fighting for the U.S. military, security, industrial power, and profit, and international banks who run all of it to make sure they increase their profit or their hegemony? We'll be fighting for neoconservative ideology of the U.S. hegemony in the interest of Israel. We'll be fighting for narratives that are lies. We'll be fighting against the truth. We'll be fighting for the triumph of evil. In the U.S., we have reached a point that organized patriotism can be enlisted only in defense of lies, such as Saddam Hussein's weapons of mass destruction and the bombing of the trade towers by probably Mossad and the CIA and MI6. We have to understand something, guys. The people in America have become very, very confused. And, you know, and it started with the pulpit. It really did. When the pastors basically decided they weren't going to preach the truth anymore, you know, the pulpit basically, you know, became very compromised and they stopped telling us what we should and shouldn't do according to biblical values from a political standpoint. We really started getting pushed to the forties and the fifties with the Johnson Amendment and the infiltration of the Masonic lodges into the churches. Uh, yesterday, we went to a local Baptist church. And uh, there was like 20 people left in attendance. And after we were there for a little while, we understood why it was awful. And so we kind of snuck out the back. We were sitting on the back row. And I went back to the uh, church that I was raised in. It's Lutheran church. And uh, we went back to it. I told Sharon, I said, you know what? Let's go back to tradition and see what it's all about. And we went into the church. It was all about Jesus, about the blood of Jesus. We had communion. as There was a cross on the wall. And I told her, I said, I like this. I like the stability of this. I said, I don't like to name it, claim it, grab it, clap it, weirdos anymore. I've been around too many of those guys, and 90% of them are the same. 10% of them are pretty good people. They really try to do what's right, but none of them talk about the truth. The only person that I've seen talk about the truth is Dr. Mark Rutland, and he really talked about it on the 4th of uh, July service that he did on uh, July the 3rd. A few weeks ago, we even posted it on the website, good friend, and he talked about the transgender ideals and all the stuff that was going on, but the pastors don't want to talk about any of this stuff. And I thought to myself, you know what? If I'm going to be in a traditional church and it's not going to talk about any of this stuff, I'm going to go back to where I know at least the books are open and I know how much money the pastor makes and how much money the elders and deacons or the people on the board make and all the other people that are involved in this. I don't want to go out there and just continue to promote churches that I don't think are doing what God's will is for these churches. And that's my opinion. Now, you may have your own opinion. You may have your own opinion. You may say, well, Ted, I don't agree with you. Okay, I got that. But I'm just saying – I don't know what to do. I'm frustrated. I really, really am. Now, I'm going to talk to the pastor of the Lutheran Church. I'm probably going to invite him over for dinner. And I'm going to make a decision after I talk to him about what we're going to do with all that. But guys, listen to me. It's time to get the churches awake. It's time to support the churches that are awake. 
it's time to realize that we can't continue to play this game in church and say it's okay. The churches have got to tell the truth. And if not, why are we tithing to them? You know, which is really not something that's talked about in the New Testament, but giving is, why are we giving them money? Why are we allowing ourselves to be pulled into their circles and not being told the truth from the pulpit? And they're promoting by not speaking about it indirectly the acceptance of transgender ideology and homosexuality and abortion. I have a good friend of mine. We were at his church a few months ago and he was talking on a Friday night and we were in service with him and he started discussing, you know, abortion and how bad it was. And then he said from the pulpit, he goes, now before I can put this on the air, I've got to edit this out before I can publish this. And I thought, why? Why do you have to take it out? And then he told me, and this is going to be interesting to some of you guys, uh, his congregation, he's a white pastor, good preacher, really good preacher, and his congregation is primarily African-American. And he said, he said, the problem is if I start speaking against abortion, I'm going to lose a big percentage of my African-American group, a crowd. And he says they really support the church financially, and I don't want to lose that percentage of giving. Now, I'm going to say something for a second. Is that the reason that we don't want to support the things of the Lord and not talk about the Ten Commandments and not talk about what's right and what's wrong from the pulpit because we're too concerned that we're going to lose some of our giving units? Guys, that's not okay. It's just not okay. But when these guys build these huge churches and have these huge lifestyles, they have to bring in huge amounts of money to pay for everything. They don't have a chance. They don't have the opportunity at that point to say, you know, I'm going to have to start telling the truth here because if they do – you know, let's say they bring in twenty million a year, which some of these big churches bring in a hundred million a year, and all of a sudden they have a whole bunch of overhead from all the from all the facilities that they've built, and suddenly they can't pay the bills anymore. Well, that creates a real problem for for staffing and everything else. I've seen it over and over and over again. And guys, be really, really careful who you hook your cart to. Years ago, I used to give a lot of money to a Central Florida church. And what I consider to be a lot of money, probably not for a lot of you, but from what I thought was, and it was called Carpenter's Home Church in Lakeland. And then all of a sudden, I started realizing how messed up the church was. And before it was all said and done, the church got sold multiple times, and then it got torn down. And the millions and millions of dollars that people had given to this church over the period of about 20 years was all for naught. The church was bulldozed. It had a 10,000-seat auditorium. It was bulldozed to the ground. And all of the money that had been spent trying to pay this thing off by all the good Christians that were going there was completely and totally a waste of time and money. You think, wow, Ted, did that really happen? Yeah, I was there. I saw it. Austin does. He, in fact, he had his graduation service at Carpenter's Home Church when he graduated from Southeast University with his undergraduate degree. And now it's just an empty field. They'll, they'll probably put you know high-density housing in. So this is the kind of stuff you've got to think through. If the church isn't what you want it to be, Make sure you find one that is, and if you can't, do what I did yesterday and go back to a traditional one and at least talk to the pastor and see if it's going to be what you want it to be. And if not, you know, just go to church online. Listen to the Ted Dawson Brower Show if you need to. I mean, do anything you need to to understand that we have to maintain a relationship with Jesus Christ. And above all else, make sure you take your children to church. Really, really important because while they're in that theta brainwave state, you have to have the ability to influence them when they're young. That's so incredibly important. Now, one more thing I want to cover real quick. Then I'll turn it back over to Austin for a little bit. I got this. I bought a car about four months ago, and uh, I got this silly thing in the mail that basically wanted to give me a survey so I could help this manufacturer to make a better car. Right? And this is an in-moment survey, and they're one of the largest ones out there. And I'm telling you right now, all of my listeners, don't fill these surveys out. Don't do it. 
Listen to what some of the questions are. Here, I'm going to just read it to you. In moment is an industry leader in buyer behavior. Ah, there we go. And customer satisfaction for the automotive mock market. Been conducting new vehicle surveys since 1969. In the United States, considering a wide variety of attributes essential to manufacturing decision-making for future models, please take some time to tell the manufacturers how you use your current vehicle and how they can make a better vehicle. And please know, this is not an attempt to sell you anything, and your name and address will be strictly confidential. We are asking that you complete this survey as soon as you can. If you have any questions about completing this survey, you know, email us. Here's the problem. They're telling you it's strictly confidential. They're not saying they're not going to sell your data to other outside people. Listen to the wording. It's strictly confidential. They don't say anywhere in here, we're not going to sell the data that we acquire to other organizations. This, this is data mining. I'm going to read you some of the stuff they have in here. Is this the first vehicle you've ever acquired, none of their business? Is this the first new vehicle you've ever acquired, none of their business? Has anyone in your household ever owned the same vehicle? What type of transmission do your vehicle have? That's pretty legit. Are you using it for off-road, for pleasure driving? That's okay, too. But listen to some of these other questions. They want to, they want to, they want to, they want to know, did you purchase any aftermarket accessories for the vehicle? Like, you know, if you added a four-wheel drive or if you added like extra tires or put a lift on the truck, they want to know if you did all that. None of their business. Did you purchase a service warranty at the time of purchase release? How about a prepay maintenance? Okay. What was the, what was the purchase price of your vehicle? What was the trade allowance? How much is your monthly payment? Remember that my, my name's on this. So I'm giving all this personal information out if I fill this out. And what's funny about it is only about 10% of it's really intrusive as far as the questions they ask. And they, what did I tell you guys last month, last week again? They always want to give you about 90% really easy to fill out, and then 10% they really get you all that personal stuff. How was your new vehicle primarily financed? Whoa. How would you pay for it? Did you arrange financing? Okay. Did you skip financing? Uh, which is the following best describes your credit history when you're applying for your vehicle financing? I think to myself, what the heck? And then they ask you all these things. How do you rate them? I feel good about my vehicle brand. I really enjoy driving. I would never acquire a vehicle from a brand mostly known for prestige. Is your option, please indicate that the following phrase describes the image of your new vehicle. Youthful, fun to drive, prestigious, stylish. I'm telling you, if you fill this thing out and you go into detail with it, they're gonna, you're going to completely profile yourself. And then what they're going to do, they're going to sell that data to whoever they want to sell it to and say, this person is qualified. They tell you with these companies like Netflix or Amazon that you're picking movies, that by the time you pick 100 movies and make 100 choices, they can pretty much give you a 90 to 95 to 100% guarantee that you're going to like a movie they suggest because they're going to profile you. Listen to this one. Including your new vehicle, how many cars and trucks do you have that you currently own in your household? How is that any of these guys' business? How was your disposed vehicle primarily financed? I mean, how did you did you have to trade paid off? I mean, more personal stuff. He goes, here's more questions. I believe the vehicle a person owns makes a statement about them. I prefer to own a vehicle in an urban area. I consider myself to be an automotive enthusiast. I will only buy vehicles that are fun to drive. Approximately how long till your household will acquire its next vehicle? What? Will this vehicle replace the current vehicle you've just acquired? What? Do you intend to buy this vehicle with a loan or just do or use or are you going to pay with cash? On and on and on and on. And they're profiling you. You think, well, no, that's not profiling. Oh, yeah, that's profiling. How important was each source of information influencing your purchase lease decision? Magazine, newspaper, family? How much do you agree or disagree with the following statements? My vehicle gives me a feeling of adventure. When selecting a vehicle, I want one that I love so much that I look forward to nice, enjoyable drives. 
I mean, this is just profile, profile, profile. Then they want to know, please indicate your marital status. Whoa. Starting with yourself, tell us about the members of your household for the relationship portion. Please write an applicable relationship code. So they want to know how many grandchildren you have, how many other relatives are living with you, male, female, other. Yeah, there you go. We got a little transgender deal going on here. As an empty nester, an empty, okay, no, excuse me. They explain. An empty nester is a person whose children have left at home and, you know, are you an empty nester? Okay. Which of the following best describes you? Heterosexual, straight, lesbian, gay, bisexual, other, decline to answer. How does this have to do anything with whether you like the car or not and whether the car has decent seats in it or a decent transmission? It doesn't. Please indicate the highest level of education you completed, and please check your approximate total annual household income from all sources now. We want to know all your wages, all your investments, everything before taxes. Check only one. What? Why? What, what is wrong? Number one, my car manufacturer didn't even put this out. This isn't from them. This is this, these guys basically mining data. And if they get any information on the current car that I own or bought, they're going to sell it back to them. This is from the manufacturer. This is a outside agency that found out that I bought a car because it got registered in the state of Florida, and now I'm on a data list. They sent this thing too. Where's your home located? Please write your family's hobbies up to six. A manufacturer sometimes asks that we contact a group of owners to find out more specific information about their new vehicles. For this purpose, we'd appreciate your email address and your telephone number. What? I'm going to give out all this personal information. This is like sending out tax returns, friends. I mean, why would you send anybody tax returns? Why would you do that? I mean, it's confidential personal information. You put them in the public domain, they're going to get scattered all over the place. So when you get one of these things, when you buy a car... Do yourself a favor. And I'm not just picking on this particular company that did this this in moment. I'm picking on all of these guys. Don't fill any of this information out and give out any of your personal information. Also, what do you think, bud? Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, I had this conversation with you, I remember, years ago, years and years ago, and I I bought my first four-wheeler. And uh, I'd been working on a deal on it with a couple dealers and bought my four-wheeler, and I was all excited about it, and I got the exact same thing. It was, it was the exact same thing. It was very, very similar, and it was, it was this big old thing. It was probably 10, 12 pages long and all these details. How do you feel about when you when people see you driving your four-wheeler? Where do you take your four-wheeler? What specific places do you go? What's your background? How much schooling do you have? It's the exact same kind of stuff. I remember I showed it to dad, and he goes, dude, do not fill that out. He's like, in my opinion, dude, don't do that. He goes, you literally are building an entire profile on yourself. And he's exactly right. And one thing I wanted to bring up again, too, because I, I, dad brought this up, and I didn't clarify it earlier. He was exactly right about this Indiana Mall shooting. There's something very odd on how every time you hear about a mass shooting occurs, where two people got killed, and the gunman made it third. There were multiple people that this guy came in with and shot first before this 22-year-old concealed carry holder shot him. His name has not been divulged, a concealed carry holder. They, they said in the article he requested not to have his information put out there, which I can't blame him on that. He probably doesn't want to get a whole bunch of reporters at his house. But here's the other part that's real weird. There's no documentation on the shooter at all about who he was. None. Zero. I have, I have gone through six different articles this morning, and I cannot find one single thing. Now, remember, every single time we hear about a mass shooting, oh, they already know 
what the person ate for breakfast. They know where they went to school. They knew his family history. They knew immediately how he bought the gun legally from a gun dealer and suddenly bought all kinds of magazines legally and ammunition legally because it was all bought completely legal. And then decided he was going to go do this and kill a family member and go here. They know about the entire history of this guy's behavior for the last 10 years within like 30 minutes of the shooting, which is physically impossible. But suddenly this one, nothing. Don't even release the name. Nothing. They haven't released the name of the shooter at all. Period. It's like hush, hush. Oh, there was a, there was a shooting at the Indiana Mall and uh, somebody stopped it. Okay, next story. That was it. Well, why is that? Well, it probably doesn't go along with the narrative, guys. It doesn't go along with what they want to see happen. Nobody knows and nobody will bring up what was actually going on with this guy and how he walked into a mall allegedly with an AR-15 with a bunch of mags on him, and suddenly nobody wants to bring up how he got the weapon, who he was, what his background was. That's one of two things. It's either A, this completely and totally failed false flag shooting and guy with a gun stopped it, or B, this guy was basically some hard criminal felon that got a gun illegally and decided he was going to go try to shoot somebody in a mall. And again, a good guy with a gun stopped him, and neither one of those fit the narrative that they want to have happen. Always remember that when you see these things happen and why they don't want to talk about them. Also, too, in other news, as we're seeing this continual push for these shots in these young children, I'm getting more and more articles now talking about a lot of these kids having horrific side effects, one, two, three-year-old kids after they're getting the shot. This is so far criminal, in my opinion. Now I saw an article from Daily Mail, and they're trying to normalize this now. This is the headline of the article. Autism among American children teens surged 50% in three years from 2017 to 2020, with one in 30 children now being diagnosed with autism in 2020 now, and the rates are continuing to go up, study finds. And it goes on to detail, talk about how boys are much likely to be diagnosed with autism than girls, and how the autism rate is massively escalating. And what's interesting about this, if you recall, all the way back, I mean, when even when Dad wrote the book as far as on autism and learning disabilities, even up to when we started doing this show seven, eight years ago, we talked in detail how the research was coming out, and they were saying that the numbers going into 2020, we were going to start seeing 20, or excuse me, a one in 20 children were going to start basically coming down with autism. By the time we get into 2025, it's going to be down to like one in 10. By 2030, it's going to be like one out of two kids that are born are going to have autism now, or that are basically young children. This is a concerted effort on multiple fronts, and I personally think this shot that you're seeing right here, this RNA gene therapy, I think this is massively escalate those numbers much more than we even anticipated when you're seeing one- and two- and three-year-old children getting RNA gene therapy. Because remember, this is not an immunization. This is not an actual vaccine. This is gene therapy. They clearly designated it gene therapy. Then they had the CDC come in in 2020 and actually rewrite the definition of a vaccine in order to include this topic of stating, oh, well, a shot that can reduce symptoms if the virus is caught. That's not an immunization. You're not immunized if you catch something and you have to keep getting the shot every six months to keep a, a strong immunity. Of course, that's not immunization. That's your body going in and producing spike proteins with RNA gene therapy and being sick all the time in perpetual state of sickness. This is what it is. That called right out. Obviously, we see now the people that keep getting the shot are the ones that keep going to the hospital and keep getting seriously ill every time they go and basically get a shot. They get sicker and they catch COVID. Clearly, it's not working. Yet now, interestingly enough, I just saw an article that came out from The Atlantic 
I mean, you do this. It, honestly, this article sounds like it was done by Pfizer's marketing team in order to demand that the United States pushes more money and less guidelines in order to get these shots out. Now, remember, this new shot that the RNA gene therapy goons are brewing up at the Bad Idea Factory of Pfizer and Moderna. This bivalent vaccine, bivalent vaccine, they're usually they're calling it now, which is supposed to help out with the spike of the BA4 and BA5, like random numbers they keep coming up with, stupid. They are now stating that the FDA has given this approval now for Pfizer and Moderna to start producing this bivalent vaccine with zero research, zero efficacy, zero clinical trials, zero data at all, nothing. Full-blown, zero-cover, carte blanche community. You guys adjust the shots. Remember, this is a whole tweak shot now. They're going in and redesigning this entire RNA gene therapy shot. No clinical trials have to be done. No safety studies have to be done. No research has to be done. No statements or documentation showing this shot is actually going to work at all. They are simply handing the keys to the safe to Pfizer and Moderna and saying, hey, by the way, lock up when you guys are done. Don't steal anything. That's what they're doing right now. The FDA has now approved it. It was a couple of weeks ago. This is what we're doing. And now we just what gave them a $9 billion contract to Pfizer. The Biden administration did. We're going to 300 million shots of this stuff to roll out. While we're seeing that everybody has gotten the shot, it's not working. This is a concerted effort to completely and totally collapse the immune system of the United States, in my opinion. And they're doing it very, very quickly. What's interesting enough now, while all this is happening, and you're seeing this mass, mass push – we're now saying, seeing in New York, they're saying that the monkeypox is turning into an epidemic in New York now. As many, many, many individuals are coming down with monkeypox, they've now had to open up three mass vaccination sites. Now, what they don't bother to tell you in the research that I've seen now is that 95% of the people testing positive for monkeypox are homosexual men. And that's a huge population of that demographics up in New York. But, hey – you got to make sure you get your smallpox vaccine now that we've listed as a monkeypox vaccine because, yeah, it's totally safe and healthy. Oh, and don't forget, we've got your new COVID shot coming out next month as well. That'll be ready for your next COVID booster because you got to get ready for that. And what's funny is that when I was reading this article from The Atlantic that I'm tying back into, this was the title of the article. New COVID vaccines will be ready this fall. Respiratory virus season starting soon, and our vaccine strategy is shaky at best. And then it goes in this article to talk about how that Pfizer and Moderna aren't getting these shots up fast enough and that they need to be having these bivalent shots that work for all these variants up faster and they need to tweak them faster and that America's not ready enough for them and that everybody needs to stop this vaccine hesitancy and needs to get the shot as soon as possible because it's all about being safe. And when you start having a shot every single year for the COVID virus that Pfizer and Moderna roll out immediately and they're going to have to anticipate what they're going to do as far as the next variant. Doesn't that sound like the failed flu shot that they roll out every single year that never works? And it's ironic that you always start seeing the flu roll out right when everybody starts getting their flu shot every year. I mean, it's like neck and neck if you look at the numbers on it. Isn't that interesting? And now they're saying that we need to start having a yearly COVID shot with RNA gene therapy that's tweaked every single year? No. And the fact that they use the term Respiratory virus season starts soon. That was right of the phrase, the subtitle. Respiratory virus season starts soon. So that's what we're calling it now, guys. Respiratory virus season. I mean, just be ready. Every single year, there's going to be respiratory virus season that pops up, and you've got to get the injection in order to be protected. 
Uh, how about that's a hard no? How about they're using this in order to spread the virus, in my opinion, further and further and further as more people to get the shot continually get sick? My friends, it's time that America really starts calling this out for what it is. You don't have to agree with everything everybody says. You don't have to agree with the shots. You don't have to agree the fact that we all know these things are causing the problem and this stuff's unbelievably dangerous. You don't have to agree with all that. But one thing you do have to understand, you do have to look at. Everybody has a right to know the truth. That's a fact. This nonsense that a lot of these individuals are spewing all the time and professors and teachers and scientists and doctors, no, you're doing a disservice to the community for bringing this up. You're spreading fake news. You're spreading fake news. You cannot do this. You can't bring this up. No, I can absolutely bring this up because this is not fake news anymore, guys. This whole lie about being fake news, it never was fake news from the very beginning. But now this is documented facts we have from scientists all over the globe that are saying the same thing. This shot is not working. It's causing more problems than good. So why are we continually dumping money into it and giving Pfizer literally carte blanche immunity to tweak and manufacture new shots that are absolutely not tested under any circumstances, much less to show safety, not even shown that they actually work. Well, the answer is very clear. They want to use this as a eugenics protocol to make people as sick and absolutely compromised as much as possible. That's why I've seen so many people over the last couple of weeks have been calling me up and say, hey, what do you think is the best thing? I said, dude, I tell you, if you're keeping it basic, the basically the immune system. Essentially, the immune system protocol that we've put together on the website at healthmasters.com is very, very effective for that. It's a very, very simplistic strategy with the vitamin C, the D3, and the zinc glycinate. And you can add in more like the immune support kit or the immune support DF. You can add in the potassium iodine if you want. But when it comes to keeping it simplistic, do what you have to do, my friends. Everybody needs to start taking care of their body and understand that it's our responsibility to stay strong and alert with what's happening. And it's also our responsibility to speak the truth. Nobody has a right to tell you you can't say something because they think it's fake news because we can also say the same thing. Well, you don't have a right to say that because I think you're saying fake news. If we get into that topic and we go down that slippery slope of you can't say it because it's I don't believe it. I can't say this because you don't believe it. Well, we reach a point to where everybody starts walking around with giant muzzles on their face. Well, who's the one who's putting the muzzle on and who's the one controlling when the muzzle comes off? Well, again, we see it's big, big government, the CIA, the deep state, the ones who control everything through the social media platforms and the mainstream media platforms. Nobody has a right to tell you you can't bring up a topic or you can't speak your opinion. That's why you hear me all the time on the show. I'll tell you, I, this is my opinion on this topic. This is what I think about this topic. You don't have to agree with me. But again, I'll tell you, this is what I think about this topic. This is my opinion on it. Through the research and people I've talked to and documents that I've looked at, this is what I think. Everybody has that right. Even if you don't agree with them, if you don't like it, people have to start coming back to that basic concept because if we don't, this nasty, nasty, muddy, slippery slope that rolls down into this water bank, people are going to end up in the river with water over their head going, how in the world did we get to this position? Well, we started telling everybody, you can say this and you can't say that. That's why I brought the same talk book up before. It doesn't matter if somebody gets offended. If somebody walks around with a dress on and I call them a cross-dressing male, they don't like that. Then they probably shouldn't wear a dress out in public and look like a cross-dressing pervert. It's my opinion. You don't have to like it, leave it, or love it. But again, everybody has that right to do so. Does that mean I'm going around intentionally trying to be mean to people and make them feel bad? No. 
But if my child looks at you and he goes, Dad, why is that man wearing a dress? I'm going to say, well, son, that man's confused. He's got some issues in his head. We're just going to kind of ignore him and pretend that he's not there right now because I don't want to have any more of this conversation with you right now. That's simply where it has to be taken. So, again, my friends, thank you for getting the truth out there and standing up for freedom, free speech, and having the ability also to freely take care of yourself. If you want to take vitamins, take vitamins. I encourage you to do so. I think it's the best option. If somebody wants to go another route, that's their choice as well. But everybody has the right to say yes or no, and that's exactly what they're trying to do in the military right now. We're removing hundreds of thousands of U.S. troops. They're talking about dismissing now. They're trying to make sure the only people left in the military are essentially yes robots. They're going to say yes, 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 anything you tell me to do, I will do. That's my personal opinion on what they're trying to do as far as in purging the military right now, Dad. What do you think? Uh, I think you're right. They want to get rid of all the patriots. They want to get all the people that aren't yes but out. They want to get everybody as yep. sick as they possibly can so they won't be a fighting force. Also, real quick, I went to see that movie Thor. I don't see it. It's got a bunch of gay stuff in it, a bunch of transgender weirdo stuff in it, a bunch of lesbian stuff in it, a bunch of orgy stuff in it. It's just it's sick. I mean, the movie was – it wasn't as bad as that Elvis movie. It wasn't that bad, but it had a bunch of really bad stuff in it. And quite frankly, I wish I'd never seen it. And uh, on a one to ten scale, I give it a one. That's it. It's not one I got up and walked out of because, quite frankly, I, I, I was a big comic book reader when I was a kid. And I was like Thor, but this was not it. Uh, Marvel has gone woke, and it's sickening. It really is what they've done. And all they've done is they've got this. They've got the Thor guy now, and he's in great shape. I guess all the girls would want to go see how good a shape he was in. I guess I don't know. But the point is, it's not worth watching. It's highly satanic. It's anti-God. It's anti-everything as far as Christianity is concerned. And it's not something you need to watch at all. Very, very, very important. Uh, by the way, real quick, be really careful right now with drinking a lot of coffee. Because the coffee is going to elevate your cortisol, which can increase your stress levels. And it's, that's not what you want to do right now. Use our purple sticks. I use them every day. I take several before the show in the morning, and it really gets me booted up in the morning. I don't have to drink coffee. I haven't had coffee in a long, long time. And when I do drink it every once in a while, it makes me feel so rotten that I don't drink it anymore. I just don't like it anymore. And I used to be a big-time coffee drinker. But, guys, please, use the purple sticks instead of the coffee. Stay off the coffee because that increases the risks of breast cancer. It also causes a tremendous amount of adrenal stress on your body. And the Purple Sticks are a phenomenal product, and we have, we're one of the exclusive distributors for those now nationwide. And guys, thank you so much for supporting Health Masters and supporting, you know, our efforts to do as much as we possibly can to get the truth out there and to keep as many people as healthy as we possibly can. Had the opportunity to pray for you today, and I want you to know something. I love you guys. Austin, go ahead, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, yes, absolutely. And- we're seeing these things, all of this stuff culminating right now. You can watch it. I mean, it's, it's happening very, very quickly. They're doing it as almost a superior firepower, firepower superiority, so to speak. They're doing all these things very, very fast. They're trying to push these gun bills very quick. They're trying to tell everybody you've got another virus coming in you need a shot for. We're seeing right now with the food, the food supply chain is just getting hit in every single direction. Every time I turn around, something's gone down. The company has to dump food. Freezers go down. Supply chain gets cut off. Animals got to get slaughtered. I mean, it's happening really fast. There's so much I can't even keep up with anymore. That's why I haven't reported on a lot of this stuff because it's like every single weekend, I get hit with more stuff that's been happening. I tell you this, and I say this very sincerely. 
Make sure you have some backup food supply. can't say that any clearer. We have the organic food buckets and the meat buckets. If those are out of the price range or not something you're interested into, that's fine. You're not going to offend me with not getting them from us. I know a lot of local customers that have been buying them up because they're getting so difficult to get high-quality food supply that's stored, that's USDA organic, like we have on the regular organic food supply and not a bunch of garbage with high-fructose corn syrup. If you're going to buy some, buy clean ones. Don't buy the cheapo garbage. You're better off to buy canned foods. You're better off to go beans and rice that you store properly than you are to buy a lot of that really, really cheap stored food that's got a bunch of preservatives in it. If you're going to get them, get the organic stored food that you know is going to last long, but it's also going to be clean when you have to eat it because there is no question about it. There is something very, very big on the horizon that they're getting ready to do. That's my personal opinion and a lot of other professionals' opinion right now. So I encourage people continue to stay strong keep the immune system strong stay prepped as always like this guy over here in this mall 22 year old concealed carry holder he's a young kid i mean he's young i mean got a concealed carry at 21 i mean in indiana that's how old you got to be to get it and uh, you know happened to be in that position and he probably saved a lot of people a lot of people if this guy went to the mall with mags and an ar to do this he wasn't going in there to shoot one person walk out and leave so again it's your responsibility to be a security detail for your family and your children when you're out. If you're the alpha, if you're the male, if you're the dad, even if you're the mom, you're a single mom, I'm talking to you right now too. Take courses, train, know how to operate when the time comes. And again, I thank you for the support of Health Masters. If you need anything, we got the Purple Stick 3-pack on sale on the front page of the website. Dad's exactly right about those. I gave a couple samples to a buddy of mine the other day, and he loved me. He's like, dude, let me get a box of those. He's like, I'm going to buy a box. Those things are awesome. They're super convenient to use. Throw in a bottle of water, throw it in a shaker, drink it throughout the day, or drink it before a workout, drink it before a presentation. Really gives you a nice kick, but doesn't have that big crash. It doesn't get you all geeked up like a lot of the nasty energy workouts are, the energy pre-workouts. That's why a lot of the guys I know that train now use these purple sticks that I work out with. So thank you again for the support, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay strong as always and continue to stay prepped. I'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>